to you today. We bless the name of Jesus. Lord, you said the first of all the prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. Lord, we as a body of believers today stand in agreement for the health and the restoration uh, to full health of our president and the first lady. Father, we thank you, Lord, for, for your healing power flowing through their bodies. And Lord, we believe for the eradication of COVID-19, the eradication of it. Hallelujah. We believe that, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that today in this place that Jesus is lifted up and glorified. We thank you, Lord, that in this place that the, the word of God is going forth and the spirit of God is moving and that you're doing exactly what you want to do. We believe it. We receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, how many of you have ever been asked the question before uh, that, that would go kind of like this? Don't you think it's about time you grew up? Anybody? Yeah. yeah. I would look. Oh. But yeah, we've all been asked that question before. And I want to ask us all that question today. Don't you think it's about time you grew up? And we're talking about spiritual maturity. Of course, there, there's other aspects of maturity as well. But primarily what I want to focus in on today is growing up spiritually. And this is, this is big. And I want you to go ahead and focus in with me. I want you to say amen loud enough so I can hear you through the mask. Come on now. Hey. Amen. All right. Uh, but, but no better place to start talking about this than uh, going to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Chapter 13, verse 11, where it says that uh, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things things. So we're going towards the goal of growth today. Are you with me on that? We're going towards the goal of growth. That means that uh, when, when, you're, when you're becoming a, a spiritual grown-up, there comes a time where you got to make the decision that, you know, things that I used to go ahead and depend on other people for, I need to start doing myself. You know, uh, uh, th- there's nothing wrong with getting somebody to agree with you in prayer, but, but there's a lot of cases where people are just always riding on somebody else's prayer and somebody else's faith and never learn how to do it for themselves, hey, or learn how to do it well enough where some other little baby can depend on you. And we don't want to be 40-year-old babies in the house. Come on, somebody, hey. No, no, no. We want to go ahead and be able to, to continue to grow and develop and, and get to the point where, where rather than us being the ones that are in need of discipling, we can be the ones who are at the same time continuing to be discipled and yet making disciples. Uh, we, we can be the ones who are still growing, still, still advancing, still maturing in God, but yet at the same time make the transition where we can help somebody else do the same. And putting away childish things. Woo, you can camp out there all day long. Lord have mercy. But, but you know what? One of the things that, that I'd like to, to say regarding that is, you know, um, 
Sometimes uh, in, in the mind of a child, you know, eating donuts all the time is perfectly fine. <laughs> hey, look out now. Uh, eating cake all the time is perfectly fine. But the wisdom of an adult when it comes to the child says, no, no, th- you need to eat this. And you know what? Even if you don't like it, you still need to eat it. You keep on eating it until you do like it. And you know, it's interesting that you, it is possible for you to lose your taste for the bad stuff and develop a taste for the good stuff. Hallelujah. You, you know, you develop a taste for whatever you feed on. You know, uh, I don't know of anybody that liked coffee the first time they had it. But there's a lot of coffee drinkers out there. Are you with me? So, so what happened? I mean, the, the, then it strike gold the first time. But, but, you know, after, after having it and having it again and having it again and perfecting the amount of cream and the amount of whatever else you put in there, I do stevia in mine. But, uh, uh, but, but I gotta tell you, you know, it's, uh, it, it's the kind of thing that you develop to taste for. But you know what, what God said in Psalm 103 is that He'll satisfy your mouth with good things. Hey. And uh, I want you to realize that that is available to all of us as children of God, that God is going to go ahead and satisfy your mouth with good things. But, but, but to get to that point, you have to make a decision what you're feeding on. And to make a decision to feed on the thing that will help you to grow spiritually. First Peter chapter 2, 1 through 2, talks about some decision making. It says, therefore, laying aside, that's the first decision, all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. And then, verse 2, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Do you see that? Do do you see that, that you are intentionally laying something aside? Now, here's the thing. In your flesh, you may still want to hold on to that malice and evil speaking and hypocrisy and all that. But, but you see, you're not going by your flesh anymore. Hallelujah. That's the thing that we always need to get back to as believers is that when you are born again, your, your mind might still think the same way. If your mind thought three plus three is five, your mind still thinks that. If your, if your body, uh, if you, you were, if you had a full head of hair, you still got a full head of hair. If you, if you were, Shiny on top, you're still shiny on top. You know, your, your body's still the same. The part of you that changes in the new birth is your spirit. Your spirit is born again. And so therefore, there, there's that decision that needs to be made that if I am a spirit being and it is my spirit that is now born again and a new creature in Christ, then I'm not just going to think in terms of giving myself, uh, uh, you know, giving my body three hot meals a day and my spirit one cold snack a week. No, I'm going to think in terms of the care and the development and the maturing of my spirit. So that I can be, spiritually speaking, all that God has called me to be. Can I hear an amen today? So that means you're you're laying aside some stuff, but then you're desiring some stuff. What are you desiring? The pure milk of the word. And what you're laying aside is that impure stuff. Old things, old habits, old, old thought patterns. Hey, come on now. And you know what? Here's something very interesting, that a lack of spiritual growth is often due more to a lack of willingness to grow 
than it is due to the fact that you've been saved a short amount of time. Well, well, well. A lack of spiritual growth is often due more to a lack of willingness to grow than it is due to the short amount of time that a person has been saved. Now, now here's the thing. There are people that have been saved a short amount of time and, and you can uh, know that they don't know a whole lot. That, that's why in the, in the setting of a local church, the pastor cannot always preach on something that's totally brand spanking new. First of all, that wouldn't be good for you. But secondly, there's always somebody, a new believer in the church, that for you, you might have heard it before, but for them, they're hearing it for the first time. And for you, you need it again. You can't cross out broccoli and say, yep, had broccoli in 88, so I'm good. No, you need it again. Come on. Amen. So, uh, uh, it, but, but what, what God is uh, getting us away from is the, the idea uh, of always being a baby, always being the, the, the one that's in, in need, always being the one who, who hasn't grown up. It's one thing if you are a, a real baby, spiritually speaking, and you've not grown up yet. But it's another thing if you've chosen to be a baby and chosen not to grown up when you've had so many opportunities to do so. So here's the thing. You end... The spirit, you can be saved 40 years and still be a baby. But you can also be saved a shorter amount of time and advance quickly because if you put something into it, you get something out of it. One of the things that impressed, my, uh, impressed me about my wife, hey, you know I'm going to smile when I talk about my girl. Uh, but, 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 you know, when, uh, when I was investigating, mm-hmm, yeah, and, and investigating the, the process that, that led up to courting, that led up to marriage, but when I was investigating, one of the things that I observed, and she was saved four years at the time, and I thought, this girl is more spiritually mature after being saved for four years than a whole lot of other people that have been saved a whole lot longer than that. So the thing that I took notice of is that she took her spiritual life seriously. When she got saved, she got good and saved. She hopped in with both feet, wasn't messing around. And, and therefore, uh, I mean, she was the type that, uh, you know, as a, uh, as a, a single woman and newly saved, anybody come up to her and was showed interest, she'd say, hey, uh, I, I'm a woman of God, saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you want anything out of me, you're going to put a ring on it first. Hey. And you see, for some guys, for the wrong guys, that'll send them running. But for the right kind of guy, I say, you go, girl. <laughs> but you see, what, what is that? That's spiritual maturity. That's someone who's taking their walk with God seriously. Somebody who's not just hanging around church, but... Uh, taking the, the, the time to feed themselves spiritually, to exercise spiritually, which means you're doer of the word. You're not just eating it. You're doing something with what you're eating. And uh, uh, so, so that, that's an example, uh, a real good example to me, uh, of, of someone who has uh, uh, been saved for a short period of time at that time, only four years, but was showing signs of spiritual development that you didn't see in some 40-year-olds. Come on. 
And I don't mean 40-year-old physically. I mean 40-year-old, I've been saved for 40 years. Lord have mercy. All right. 1 Corinthians 3. All right. 1 Corinthians 3, the apostle Paul said, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as the spiritual people, but as the carnal, as the babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Spiritual babies will be carnal, which means flesh-ruled or flesh-dominated. Now, God has great patience with real spiritual babies. What God's calling out is about you saying a perpetual baby, all right? God is calling out you saying a perpetual baby due to an unwillingness to change. And, of course, we see here in this passage we just read that a big part of spiritual maturity, a big sign of it, is a developed love walk. Someone who knows how to stay clear of strife and division. Because if somebody's carnal, then they're getting into envy, strife, and division. If somebody's not carnal, then they're obviously spiritually developed, and they're not getting into strife, envy, and division. Amen. And besides that, it uses the term, for, uh, for where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal? And behaving like mere men. I want you to know if you're a new creation in, uh, new creation in Christ, you're not just a mere man or mere woman. You are Superman and Superwoman, whether you realize it or not. I mean, you've got the nature of Almighty God inside of you and the ability to live like God and act like God. You've got the DNA of your Father inside of you. You've become, as the Scripture said, a partaker of the divine nature. So what do I got to say to you today is to act like who you are. Act like who you are. Step it up. Step it up. Because I know who you are. If you're a new creature in Christ, I know who you are. I know what you've got inside of you. I know what he's put in there. And I'm just calling on you to step it up. I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago. And it's like, uh, you, you, you want to go ahead and, and, and uh, speak to that man of God and somebody. Speak to that woman of God and somebody. And, and, and t- tell them to rise up and act like who they are. Be who God has called them to be. Amen. Now, a baby does not know what's good to eat or bad to eat. Did you ever notice that? And the one who is on solid food in a full age would have discernment to be able to tell the difference between the good and the bad. Now, Hebrews 5 shows this very uh, clearly, along with another place we're going to look at in a few moments. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14 says this, For though by the time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you. Again, the first principles of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So, so you see that? The, the, they got to a point where they can tell the difference between the good and the evil, the, the bad and the good, what you should put in your mouth and what you shouldn't put in your mouth. Come on. And that's very important because there's a lot of believers that put stuff in their spiritual mouths that they ought not be putting in their mouth. Uh, uh, 
Well, one of my mentors used to uh, describe some Christians as a little birdie in the bird nest with their eyes shut and their mouth open. And that's dangerous because if your eyes shut and your mouth open, you don't know what somebody is putting in your mouth. So that's why we need to have discernment to make sure that we're feeding on the good stuff and not stuff that is going to be harmful to us. Amen. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, 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 it's interesting that one thing you see in the Scripture is that mature believers will accept their responsibility, carry their own weight, and stay away from fads. Well, well, well. Mature believers accept their responsibility, carry their own weight, and stay away from fads. You know, in Ephesians... Uh, uh, four and actually verse eight said that when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. But then verse 11, he starts talking about those gifts. Verse 11 of Ephesians four, it says he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, woo, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Amen. So you see, uh, you, you see here the sense of mature believers being those that carry their own weight. That, that the, the, the ministry gifts are sent for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Which means that the ministry of the gifts are not given to the church to do all the work of the ministry. Smile somebody, praise the Lord. The ministry gifts, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, are sent for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And it's interesting how often it's quoted and put out there that uh, you got a, a 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Well, they ought not be in the house of God. Certainly not. Because everybody has a place. Everybody has a part to play. Everybody is being called by God to carry your weight in the Lord's house. Amen. And then it gets into later here, that idea of chasing after fads, which ties right into what we were just uh, reading in Hebrews 5 about discerning between putting, you know, the, the right stuff in your mouth and putting the bad stuff in your mouth. Going after fads can be a, a, a dangerous thing because, you see, uh, uh, you, you know, it's, it's like, this is the now thing. You know, people say, this is what God's saying now. And it's not that God doesn't emphasize certain things. He certainly does. But the thing is, when God emphasizes something, it's always going to be something that is very, very clear in the word, very, very, uh, uh, where, where you can open your Bible, look, find it easily. It's in there. Not some isolated, strange thing, but something that is clearly scriptural. And so the idea of chasing after fads, um, uh, you know, uh, one mentor of mine used to refer to it like riding a, a hobby horse, you know, uh, th those little play horses 
where you're, you're rocking and rocking and rocking and rocking, but that horse ain't taking you anywhere. You know, you're just moving a whole lot. It's keeping you busy, but it's not causing you to make any kind of progress. And God wants us to make progress, which means that the, uh, the, do, doing the, the, the riding the play horsey is not the way to get to where you need to get to. That'll keep you busy. It'll keep you occupied, but it'll keep you occupied on something that's not taking you anywhere. God wants you occupied in his word and his spirit and what he's really into because that will take you where you need to get. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 14, 20. Oh, Lord. It says, brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes. But in understanding, be mature. Now, malice, just another way of saying wickedness or evil. So, don't be children in understanding. Be a child or be undeveloped in wickedness or evil. But be developed in understanding. In other words, don't get things backwards. You know, sometimes children get things backwards, but, but it's not God's will for us to get things backwards. He, he wants us to be um, developed where we need to be developed rather than being well-developed in something that will get you into trouble. As a matter of fact, the Bible even talks about being slow when it comes to certain things and being fast when it comes to certain things. Remember James 1.19 says, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. But when you get that backwards, you know, uh, you, you're, you're going to be slow to hear, swift to speak, and swift to wrath. Which means you ain't going to be a whole lot of fun to live with if you're acting like that. <laughs> so we see that. And, and you know what? It's amazing. Uh, uh, we, we, we see children get things backwards. We, we, we see the Lord's emphasis on walking in love and forgiveness. But, but the person who's not well developed will say, but you don't know what they did to me. And so they're going to go ahead and choose to be mad at somebody and hold on to something rather than letting it go. And here's the thing. What are they doing? That they're holding themselves hostage. I mean, the, the, the very person they're intending to hurt by holding something against them, that person may not even know that you're holding something against them. That person may not even feel it. One wise person said, you holding unforgiveness and bitterness towards somebody is like you drinking poison and expecting someone else to drop dead from it. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But you see, there's a whole lot of ways in which, uh, uh, you you know, you you see children getting things backwards. And I got to tell you, (laughs) pastor for a while and you see even more. You know, I tell you, one of the most frustrating things for a pastor is when you're trying to get the singles out of bed with each other and trying to get the married couples to get back to bed with each other. Because what are we talking about? We're talking about children doing things backwards, in reverse, the opposite of the way it ought to be done. Oh, Lord, don't get me started there. Mercy. But what's the solution for this? Is there a solution? Yes, there is. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Talking about growing. It says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. 
You see, when you grow in grace, you are growing in the the equipment that God has given us to be able to live this life, to be able to function like he functions, to be able to do like he do. When you're growing in his grace, you're growing in his empowerment and in his ability to be able to live the Christian life. Hallelujah. And so, therefore, the the frustration of reverting back to old ways or the frustration of being stuck in a rut and not being able to go forward, when you realize that I'm not doing this in my own strength or in my own power, not by not by might nor nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I'm doing this with the Spirit's help. I'm doing this with the awareness that the grace of God's inside of me to do this. The helper is inside of me. And he's helping me to live this life, hallelujah, and to grow and to go and to become all that God's called me to be, hallelujah. And one big aspect of this growth, and you need to recognize this, is the strengthening of your spirit. You see, this is first base of spiritual growth means you need to recognize what the scripture teaches, that you are spirit, soul, and body. And in that order, First Thessalonians 5.23 said it, uh, that uh, I, I pray God that, that the, the God of peace sanctify you uh, completely and that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, and body, that's you. Spirit and soul, there's a way to separate the two. They are not exactly the same. And, the, and uh, we know they can be separated because Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word of God can uh, d- discern between soul and spirit. So if the word of God can discern between the two, they obviously must be different. But your spirit is the real you. It's the part of you that gets born again when you're born again. It's a spirit of a person that will either be eternally with the Lord or eternally separated from the Lord. Eternally in heaven or eternally in hell. It's the spirit of a person that, that, that is the part that, that is either uh, filled with eternal life or separated from God because they've not yet experienced eternal life. So spirit, soul, and body, that's so important to, to realize that. To re- realize, you, you can say it like this to, to help train yourself and train your thinking in that way. That I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. And understanding that the soul is the part of you that is really your, your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, that part of you. But, but you know what? We were, uh, 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 Friday morning I was doing the service for our dear brother, uh, Edward Jernigan, uh, who had just gone home to be with the Lord. And, and, and you know, the, the only part of him that showed up to his own funeral was the house he used to live in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He is just as alive today as he's ever been. But you see what he did, the, the part of him that's alive is not living in the same house anymore. He moved to a new house. He moved to a better house. Hallelujah. 
So you see, it's interesting when we understand spirit, soul, and body, we don't, we're not just prepared to understand spiritual growth better. We're understand, we're better prepared to understand death better, uh, eternity better. Uh, your whole perspective and view is impacted when you see through the lens of I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in my body. But then when I leave my body, my body's not me. I left my body. You know, Paul said, I keep my body under, which means that whoever I was was different from his body. Interesting, huh? He's talking about I, and he's talking about his body. He said, I keep my body under. So in other words, by saying that, he's saying I is not my body, my body is not I. But I, my spirit, live inside my body. You see that? Now here's the thing, in a general sense, you know, someone slap you and you say, don't slap me. And, you know, we understand what you mean by that, but they didn't really slap you. You see that? Because the real you is living in this house. You see, and when this house dies, the real you lives on. Oh, somebody's getting it today. (laughs) I feel it. I feel it. Somebody's getting it. Because understanding spirit, soul, and body is pivotal to your spiritual growth. And being strong in spirit is so important because when you're strong in spirit, it pours out and overflows into every other area. As a matter of fact, Luke chapter 1 verse 80, talking about John the Baptist, it said, so the child grew and became strong in spirit. The very same language is used in the next chapter, chapter 2 verse 40. This is talking about Jesus and the child grew and became strong in spirit. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Look at one other thing Paul prayed for the church about strength of spirit. It's Ephesians 3.16. That, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Whoa, hallelujah. So, so you see, God desires for you to be strong in your spirit. Well, one, one of the key ways that you get strong in your spirit is eating and exercise. Of course, eating the right thing, obviously, eating the Word of God. The Word of God is the thing that is food for your spirit, nutrition for your spirit, and then exercise. That means what you read, what you heard, you do. That's spiritual exercise. Well, one of the things that is a spiritual exercise is praying in the Spirit. You know, Jude said, chapter 1, verse 20 of his little one-chapter book, he said, uh, But you, beloved, building up yourselves. On your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, so you see, by, by you eating and then being a doer of the word, what, what that is, that, that's good nutrition coming in and that's good exercise. You're not becoming flabby in the word. No, 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 no. You're, you're doing something with the word that you heard. Amen. And strength of spirit is so important because it'll impact other aspects of your life. You know, John described it pretty well in the third John verse two, where he said, I pray above all things that uh, you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, which means, you know, prosperity on the inside results in prospering on the outside. You see that it's on the inside first, 
when it's on the inside than it can show up on the outside. You know, Proverbs uh, uh, 18.14, uh, the beginning of that verse, and this is the Amplified Classic, uh, so if you want to make a note of that, it says, The strong spirit of a man uh, sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. Think about that, that you having a strong spirit, if you had sickness attacking your body, that strong spirit, that strength of spirit inside of you would be good for your health. It would sustain you, even though you were being physically attacked. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So we see this. We we see the importance of going towards the goal of growth and strength of spirit. But I want to talk to you about this as we're, uh, you know, uh, getting there, getting closer to our finish line today. I want to talk about more capacity for more coverage. Woo! Don't you like that? More capacity for more coverage. Because God wants you to grow to a place where you can handle more under your tent. Is somebody hearing the word today? Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 2, the words of the prophet, he said, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Why is God instructing his people to do that through his servant, the prophet Isaiah? God's telling you to do that because God wants you to have more capacity so that you can have more coverage. Or more capacity so you can have more influence. Hallelujah. How many of you ever heard of Jabez? Jabez, he just prayed one little verse and got famous for that one little prayer he prayed over in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And part of what he prayed in that verse is, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Now he's asking God to enlarge his territory. Would you be willing to ask God to enlarge your territory? And not just for the sake of you being like, uh, you know, the dude Jesus talked about that just wanted to tear down the old barns and build bigger barns. No, no, no. It's, it's not territory for you. Even though God will bless you and he don't mind you having extra, but God wants you to have a big tent so other people can fit under your tent. God wants you to have a big tent so your influence and your overflow can impact the lives of many around you. Let me read this to you. You don't have to put up the, the New King James of this because I want to read this out of the message. This is 1 Kings 4, 29 to 30 out of the Message Bible. Uh, I'll just read part of it. It's talking about Solomon. Listen to this. It says that God gave Solomon wisdom, the deepest of understanding and the largest of hearts. And there was nothing beyond him and nothing he couldn't handle. Wow. So God gave him the deepest of understanding and the largest of hearts. Hallelujah. I want you to recognize your potential today. I want you to recognize the fact that God's calling you to, to bigger places than you've been before.
I want you to realize this. Like, like uh, Paul said to Philemon, Philemon 1 verse 6, he said that the sharing of your, of your faith would become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. The way you start recognizing your potential is you start thinking about all of those good things that are in you because you're in Christ. Who you are in Christ, what God has put inside of you, in the general sense of the word, that which is in every believer, but in the specific sense of the word regarding what God has called you specifically to do. And then talk about more coverage. There's a progression here that's a beautiful thing where we can always be making progression in our spiritual life. We can go from strength to strength. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 24.10 that if you faint in the day of adversity, that your strength is small. So you can't have small strength, but then you can go from one level of strength up to a bigger level of strength. Psalm 84 verse 7 says they go from strength to strength. Hey, hey, hallelujah. Each one appears before God in Zion. Same thing with glory. You can go from one level of glory to another. You know, the scripture shows us that the the new covenant exceeds much more the old covenant in glory. The Bible talks about measures of glory when it says that uh, uh, these light afflictions are working for us a, a far more eternal and exceeding weight of glory. It's like there's light afflictions, but that glory is weighty or heavy. And it's like, you, you, you might get d- tired of dealing with your light afflictions right now, but when you compare it with the weight of glory that God's got for you, you say, this is light stuff. This is small stuff compared to what God's got for me. Amen. And that's not just what God has for you on the other side, but I want to talk to you about, well, talk to you about what God's got for you here on this side. 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So once again, strength to strength, now we're going glory to glory. Well, if you read Romans 1, skip verse 16, go right to verse 17. For in it, that's in the gospel, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So you're going strength to strength. You're going glory to glory. And now you're going faith to faith. You heard Jesus throughout his ministry talk about people that had little faith, people that had great faith. That means you can progress and grow in your faith. Hallelujah. Your faith can be increased. Your faith, as it says in Second Thessalonians, can grow exceedingly. But the last thing I want to talk to you about today before we close, I want to talk to you about growing in love and how your love walk is one of the number one, uh, uh, if your love walk is developed, that's one of the number one signs of real spiritual maturity. Paul prayed several prayers for the church. I want to read a few of them. 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 12. Says, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love one to one another and to all, just as we do to you. So, what's God want to do? Make you increase and abound in love. Philippians one nine, 
And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Abound being a related word to abundance. See that? So that means God don't want you to have just a little bit. No, God wants you to have abundance. Ephesians 3. The Christ, that Christ may dwell, uh, verse 17, I'm sorry, 3, 17 to 19. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Why does he want you to be rooted and grounded in love? Because when you have strong roots, then, 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 then you can go ahead and, and, and be a tree that is prepared, be a plant that's prepared to produce the maximum fruit. Don't you want to be there? Do you see yourself as that? If you start seeing yourself as that, that's a very important thing. The scripture says that as a person thinks in their heart, so they are. So start seeing this. Start seeing this. Start seeing yourself as a person who, who is going forward in God. And feed yourself the word. Let me read this last passage talking about more capacity for more coverage, but specifically in the area of love. Second Corinthians 5, 14. We'll start there. For the love of Christ compels us. Because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves. So what does the love of Christ compel you to do? First of all, it compels you to no longer live for yourselves. And the rest of verse 15 says, but for him who died for them and rose again. Verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Wow, what a concept. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What a blessing that because we're compelled by the love of Christ, uh, that, that it compels us to live a certain way, to act a certain way. First of all, you're no longer living for yourselves. You're living for him. Hallelujah. And if you're living for him, you're living for others. As Pastor John put it out last Sunday, if you do it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Hey. But then it also affects this, that if the love of Christ is compelling you, then you're no longer regarding people according to the flesh. You're no longer regarding people according to to fleshly standards or, or things that you notice after the flesh. Hallelujah. You know, uh, you, you can admire the, their, uh, the, the, their beautiful skin tone. And thank God, thank God, thank God that there's a whole lot of beauty in this world. And that's one of the reasons why. Is that God has made out of uh, one blood all nations of men. And what a beautiful thing. But think about this, that, that, that when you are regarding people not according to the flesh, you, you, you may see the color of their house, but, but, and you, you may admire the beauty of the color of their house, 
But the thing that you're most interested in is the fact of the new creation aspect of this, the new creation in Christ. And when you see people from the standpoint of eternity, you say, you know what? No matter who you are and no matter where you've come from and no matter what you look like, the most important thing I can do for you before anything else. Now, there's other things I can do that are on the list, but the number one priority is always in the spirit. The number one priority is always to say, hey, have you become a new creature? Have you become a new creation? If not, let me show you the way. Hallelujah. So that's always the top priority as far as how we deal with people and know people is to know people not according to the flesh, but after the spirit. Jesus did that. The scripture prophesied of him doing that. That that in Jesus' walk, Isaiah prophesied in chapter 11 that he will not judge by the sight of his eyes, but with righteousness and with equity. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that Jesus is not going around and, and, and judging by the sight of his eyes in his, in his earth walk? No, he wasn't doing anything just based on, on sight, but based on what was just and based on what was right. And here today in 2020, we can be like Jesus and not be judging people based on the sight of our eyes, but based on what is just and based on what is right. Hallelujah. And this fits the character of God because the Lord does not see as man sees. Because man can look on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. So what a way to prioritize, to prioritize how you view people, how you love people by loving them not according to the flesh, Knowing them not according to the outward man. Even though you see what you see. You see their beauty. You see their good looks. But your biggest priority when it comes to your dealings with other people is not something that's based on the outside. Your biggest uh, connection is that I'm dealing with an eternal spirit who if they know Jesus can be a new creature in Christ and have their past wiped away, and they can be perfectly clean and brand new and start a whole new life. Hallelujah. And you see, that's the way God wants us to develop in love, to go to a place in love that's deeper than we've ever been before, to go to a place in love where we're not viewing people on a, on a skin-deep level, but, but we're loving people spirit, soul, and body. You see that? You see, we're, 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 we're loving people on a level that is as deep as the way Jesus did, who did not judge by the seeing of his eyes, but he judged according to, to justice and righteousness and equity. Amen. Amen. And we can do the same thing today, because isn't it about time that we grew up? Amen. Praise God. Let us pray. Father, we honor you today. We thank you for the... Word of God, we thank you, Lord, for, for what you've planted in our hearts. And Lord, we are so grateful and so thankful for the Spirit of God that's ministering to us and giving us just what we need, giving us just the insight that we need, the help that we need, the strength that we need. And Lord, you've given us all that we need so we can grow up and so that we can be all that you've called us to be. We believe that today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 
For, for those of you that are here, as well as those of you that are watching via live stream,